word of prayer and then see what the Lord has for us this evening. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house to worship and praise you. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence this evening. Lord, we ask for you to speak to our hearts. Give us exactly what we need to hear tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's uh, turn to page two, number 63 tonight. Page 363 at Calvary.
right. Well, good evening. We have a good afternoon. Everybody have a good afternoon? Amen. Hope so. Hope you got a nap in uh, today. I got just a few minutes. Uh, then uh, the guy knocked on the window out here on the door and said, uh, he's knocked on the door and I woke up. I'm thinking, it ain't church time already. And uh, uh, so I went out there and he, I guess he was, uh, he had some problems with his trailer. And so he was just wanting to know if he could park his vehicle out here. And I said, that'd be no problem. So uh, if you're wondering what that, I don't even if it's a camper or what it is out there, a trailer of some sort. Uh, but if you're wondering what that is, a guy's going to come back and uh, get that sometime this week. So, uh, but anyways, hope you had a good afternoon. And I know I had a good, good afternoon. I uh, kind of miss my wife. She's been at a conference for the past few days. Uh, she's coming home of the evening, but we don't get to see each other because of the activities of the church and just different things. So I miss my wife. I can't wait to see her tonight and uh, looking forward to, to that. But uh, I know she's, uh, she's got one more evening of, uh, one more day of uh, the, the, uh, the meeting, and then she, uh, she'll go back to work. So um, uh, you just pray for her. I know she wants to be here, but also she's uh, getting her uh, certificate, uh, certification to be <clears throat> a diabetic specialist, so you just pray for her as she takes that exam here pretty soon. All right, well, I do appreciate you being here this evening. I uh, was praying about what to bring tonight, and uh, the Lord was dealing with me about something I think we all face from time to time, and that's temptation, temptation and character. And so we're going to deal with that a little bit tonight. We're going to be in Genesis chapter number 39, Genesis chapter number 39. The story of Joseph along with uh, David and Goliath and uh, Daniel, Sha uh, uh, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those are probably uh, one of the, my favorite uh, stories in the Bible, just reading those stories. And uh, Joseph is one of those characters, though, I love to read about. Um, and uh, we know a little bit about Joseph. He was... Uh, Jacob's, Jacob had a great love for Joseph. He had a, it was a special kind of love for uh, Joseph. He gave him a coat of many colors. We know about that. And, uh, um, and uh, he was hated of his brothers because of the special bond, the special love that his dad had for him. And, uh, but the coat tonight that I want to talk about is a coat of character. And uh, uh, this is a coat that he left in Potiphar's wife, Potiphar's wife's hands. And and uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit and deal with temptation and character. And um, so, but this, th this thought is that this uh, coat was the only coat that the Egyptians saw. Uh, they didn't see the, the coat of many colors. And only a few people were present at the time of your salvation. And um, so uh, everyone else you come in contact with, you either... Tell them about uh, your salvation verbally or the way you live your life or uh, your Christian uh, character there. And as we look at this, I want us to think of character in the Christian life, character in the Christian life and, and, uh, and uh, how to overcome temptation. And so we're going to look at four thoughts tonight about temptation and character, and I hope and pray that it will be a help to you in Genesis chapter 39. Tonight, The Bible says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him into the hand of the Ishmaelites, which <clears throat> had brought him down thither. <clears throat> and the Lord was with Joseph, 
And he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of the, his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had put uh, into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he, had, he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wanteth not what is it with me in the, in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath into my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you for this, uh, this story that you have revealed to us. And Lord, how you've revealed some things to us in this. And God, I pray that, uh, Lord, that we would, uh, Lord, that we would all be men and women of character. And Lord, that uh, we would uh, abstain from all appearances of evil. And Lord, that we would uh, just be pleasing in your sight. God, I pray that you would uh, have your way and your will done in our hearts and lives to this evening. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to notice a few things, three or four things tonight about this, about temptation, about character. Number one, I want you to notice temptation is common. It's common. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Just because you are a Christian, or even in the center of God's will, does not make you exempt from temptation. Sometimes we have this idea, you know, as long as I'm walking this straight and narrow, as long as I'm living the Christian life, I'm not going to be tempted. Folks, you're going to be tempted. Temptation comes to all of us. Notice that this was uh, the perfect setting for sin. Now you think about this, uh, young people, and, and uh, listen up now. That notice that this was, the, this was a perfect setting. He was young. He was young, and uh, he had youthful, youthful desires. And we all have desires. We all have sinful desires. Why? Because we are still in this flesh. We all have a, a flesh, and uh, the flesh is weak, and we want to feed those fleshly desires. And this had the perfect storm, if you will. I mean, all these things could have added up for uh, the perfect storm. And the thing of it is, is not only that, but he was normal. You know, he had flesh, and he was not a super Christian. It wasn't like he put on his cape and he was flying around being super Christian. No, he was, he was the, just like you and I. 
uh, were, were, you know, he was, uh, had, uh, he was a Christian living in this world. And uh, so there was, uh, he was normal and uh, he knew the power of this type of sin. He knew what uh, was going to happen if he done, uh, lied with uh, uh, Pharaoh's wife. He was far from home. Think about it. He was far from home. Who would have known? They, I read a statistic that men that travel 25 miles away from home for business take their rings off. Over 50% of men. That to me is wrong, folks. That's wrong. You know, and, and the thing of it is we need to be careful uh, about this. Character is not what we do when people are looking Character is what we do when no one else is looking. And uh, that statistic was startling to me. And, and, it's, it's, and I'll read it again. 50% of traveling men take their wedding rings off when they, uh, when they get 25 miles from home. That's sad. And then also there was a source of temptation. Temptation is all around us, folks. I mean, everywhere you look, there's temptation. Temptation. She didn't just... Think about this, though. She didn't just come... At once and tried to trap him. She came, the Bible says, day by day. And that's, you know what, that's what happens. And Genesis, look there in verse 10, it says, And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph, day by day, that he hearkened not unto her. So this wasn't just, sometimes we have this picture, I know I did before I really started studying this out. I had this picture that, uh, that uh, Joseph was there and that uh, it just... It was just a one-time thing that happened. Because we, we forget the story. We forget that in, in the scriptures here, it says day by day that he hearkened not unto her. So this was, she was pressing him. She was, she was wanting, and that's what happens to us. Can I tell you, temptation is all around us, and it sneaks up just little by little. We let, let a little bit in and a little bit in, and then we, before you know it, we're right in the middle of it. See, temptation will slip up upon you. It won't come on you once at a time in full force. It's little by little. But then I want you to notice something else for this perfect storm was there was an absence of the master. Look there in verse 8. It says, But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master, what if not what is with me in the, in the house? And he hath committed all that he hath in my hands. The master wasn't there. I mean, it was, uh, it was a chance for... Sin to take place. Temptation will come easier when you push the Lord away and when we are away from the fellowship with the Lord. Can I say that sin is a divider? I've said that. And when there's sin in our lives, you know what happens when sin is in our lives and it's running uh, full rampant in our lives? You know what happens? The Master's, yeah, He's with us everywhere we go, but we don't feel His presence. We don't recognize his presence and temptation will come easier when the Lord, when we push the Lord away. You mark it down, when temptation takes over and brings sin, there will be a breakdown. There's been a breakdown in the fellowship between you and the Lord. But then I want you to notice something else about this. Temptation's not sin. We've got to recognize this right now. Temptation in itself is not sin. Okay, we're all tempted temptation comes to all of us in some sort of fashion. Maybe it's a temptation of, of being recognized. Maybe it's a temptation of, of seeing something that we shouldn't be seeing or doing something that we shouldn't be doing. Maybe it's that kind of temptation. Whatever the temptation, it comes in all different fashions, and it comes to all of us. Temptation 
comes to all of us, even the Lord there in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Then was Jesus led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He was being tempted of the devil. Of course, we know the Lord uh, didn't yield to temptation. Temptation is sin when we yield to that temptation. When we, when we, uh, it's that, the, let me say it on men's terms, okay? You see that lady walking down the street and you see it, well, you try to avoid it. Okay, because they're wearing something that they shouldn't be wearing or whatever, and it causes you to stray your eyes away. That first look, you look away. But it's that second look when you're like, oh, okay. That's sin. The first look, you can't help it. I mean, you, it's just there. You can't help it. You just you do your best to look away and turn from it. Avoid all appearances of evil. Turn away from it. But when you turn back and you look again, that's sinful and it's wrong. And, and, it's, and you mark it down, uh, it's going to lead you in places that you shouldn't go. Uh, James 1.14 says, But every man is tempted when he's drawn away from his own lust and is enticed. It's drawn away from that lust and enticed to want to do or want to see or want to be something that we shouldn't. I've seen a little sign on bumper stickers that says this, when temptation comes, yield. That's, that's the thought of the devil. That's the, devil, the devil's philosophy. That's wrong. That's wicked. You won't find that in the book. When temptation comes, flee. Notice that we, he was not exempt from temptation just because he was in a spiritual person or in a spiritual position. He was righteous. God was with him. He was faithful, but temptation still comes. I want you to notice that. Just because you're a Christian does not mean that temptation doesn't come. But listen, it's when we yield to that temptation when it becomes sin in our lives. Genesis 39.9 says this, How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph said, I, I, I'm not going to sin against my God. He, and I, I've met some people who act as if they were untouchable by Satan. Oh, I, I, there's no way. No way. I, I'm not, I'd never fall to that. Can I tell you, you need to take heed lest you fall. That's exactly when Satan comes at it with greatest intensity. And you'll find yourself in a great mess. You're not exempt. You're not vulnerable from... Uh, you, you are as vulnerable as anyone when it comes to temptation. Notice that he didn't overcome the temptation. Uh, notice that he did overcome the temptation because of his spiritual position. He would not have survived this temptation had he not been right with God. Not walking, not living. Listen, folks, if we're not in the book, if we're not faithful to God and word and, and, and the word and prayer, let me tell you, when temptation comes, you're going to fall. Mark it down. Uh, hey, it's not me saying it. It's God's Word saying it. And when, when you are not right with God, not walking with God, when you have sin in your life, temptation comes, you will fall to that temptation. Say, no, not me, Pastor. Nah, take heed lest you fall. Take heed lest you fall. There's no one, listen, there's no one in here, me included, our deacons, our leaders in the church, none of us are, are exempt from temptation. And none of us are spirit, so spiritual that we are higher than temptation. 
We all fall to temptations. We all uh, need to watch out for these temptations. You're not exempt from it. Those who are unfaithful will usually fall for temptation. Those who walk beside temptation thinking that they can control it in every situation, you're just kidding yourselves. What does God say about temptation? James 1 says this in verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Temptation doesn't come from God. He may allow temptation to come to you. He did in Job's life. But the Lord was showing the devil that there was one Christian who could withstand the onslaught of Satan. Temptation is not of God. The Bible says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. The second thing, temptation is brought by man's lust. That's how it comes. It's, it's not of God. It's because of man's lust and our wickedness. The Bible says there in verse 14, it says, But every man is tempted when he's drawn away from his own lust and enticed. He sees that sin, and I tell you what, there's just something burning inside of him. What is it? It's sin. It's that wickedness. But then lust conceived and it grows. And then lust brings forth sin, and then sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. The Bible says in James 1.15, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Then I want you to notice the second thing. Temptation is controllable. It's common, but it's controllable. He left the scene of temptation. Look there in verse 12, in Genesis uh, 20, I think it's... Maybe it's 39.12. Yeah, 39.12 it says, And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. You know what that's saying? That's saying he said, he, she took a hold of his garment trying to catch, catch him. Stay here, lie with me. And he says, No way, I'm out of here. And he ran for the hills. Folks, that's what we're to do. That's exactly, we're not sitting there, we're, we're not to say, oh, you know, I know I, know I shouldn't be doing this, but, uh, you know, no, it's nothing like that. It's, it's head for the hills, it's get out of town. Abstain from all appearance of evil, run while you have a chance, get out of there. But you know what we like to do today? We like to hug that line. I know it's not good for me, but, whoa. I can handle it. fallen because they think they can handle it you need to get out that's what he did he said the bible says he got himself out he didn't hang around to prove how tough and how spiritual he was he left the scene abstained from all appearance of evil but also he was spiritually prepared Folks, that's why we need to be in the book. That's why we need to have that walk with the Lord so we can be prepared. Notice there in Genesis 39.3, it says, And his master saw that the Lord was with him. The Lord, wouldn't, the Lord was with him. Why? Because I believe he wanted to be pleasing in God's sight. 
He was doing those things that was pleasing. And the Bible says, and, that, and the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. He knew it was sin. Verse 39 says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He knew what was going on. His heart was in tune with God. He knew what sin was. He recognized sin when it came to him. And he was more concerned about his relationship and his fellowship with the Lord than uh, he was concerned about his personal desires or temptations or uh, pleasure for a moment. You see, he was true to his master's trust. There in verse, verse 8 it says, Behold, my master wanteth not what is with me. He's, he's given everything to me. Why in the world would I want to do this to my master? Why would I want to do this to my God? He left all that he had to Joseph's hand, the Bible says. Where's that kind of loyalty today? We don't find it in very many places. While the boss is gone, the employees are stealing. They're doing, they're stealing time. They're stealing different things. They're... Folks, I, I, let me get just a little bit off track a little bit. Employ, when you, you ought to be the best employee that your employer has. You, they ought to be able to say, you know what, that person's faithful. I can count on him. I can depend on him. I know that I can trust him with anything and everything I have. You know, that's being a good testimony. Somewhere we've kind of missed instilling this kind of character in our children. I told my daughter, she just got a job the other day on Friday night. She was her first night. She's working at Sal's Pizza. This is not a plug for Sal's Pizza, but anyways, she got a job there. And uh, um, I told her, I said, because we go there usually once a week. We go there because they have an all-you-can-eat spaghetti. Anybody with me? All-you-can-eat spaghetti. Uh, but the, and it's good. It's, it's good stuff. And so and that's not another plug for Sal's either. But, uh, but I go there, and uh, so we... we we go there, and I talk to the, the owner of the store and stuff like that, and he says, I saw your daughter put in her application. He goes, what kind of girl is she? I said, I said, I believe she's a good girl. I said, uh, I'm not going to, I said, maybe a little biased and things, but I said, but she's a hard worker, and I said, she would, she'd be a good job. I said, she's a Christian. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I said, I'm a, I'm a pastor, and she's, he goes, you know what, pastor's daughters are the worst kind, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I've heard that, I've heard that before, but not my girls. I mean, they have their faults, they have their failures, but she'll do a good job. And when I went home that night, I said, I told her, I said, you're going to, I told Faith, I said, she's going to get the job. I mean, I already talked to the manager, he's going to give her the job. And uh, she was nervous from first job, you know, and things. And, and I told her whenever we were going home that night, I said, you noticed that there was other, the other teenagers that were working there, they would... You know, when there was dead time, they were playing on their phones and they were just kind of sitting around doing nothing. I said, that's not you. I said, when, you're, when there's nothing going on, you pick up a mop, you pick up a broom, you do something, you, you work. When there's something, to, hey, if there's, everything is done, the, the place is spotless, the bathrooms are clean, the, I mean, everything's done, then if the boss says, hey, just sit down and relax a moment, then you sit down and relax, that's fine. But until he tells you to sit down and relax, you keep on working. And you don't take from the company that's something that's not yours. Folks, we need to start teaching our children character. Character. It'll go a long way. And I told her, I said, you know what? If you, if you do your job, you work hard, they'll promote you. 
They're, they're going to say, you know what, I'm going to give her more hours. I'm going to give her, I'm going to give her higher pay I'm gonna, because she is a hard worker. And that's just not for my children. That's in our lives. Character is something that is need to, needs to be seen in the Christian. But then be, be uh, uh, this thing, our solution to overcome temptation is the same. How is it we need to leave this scene? When temptation comes, leave the scene. Don't dwell around temptation. Uh, you take a person, let me, let me give you an example. You take a person who is trying to quit smoking. It would be foolish to take him into a smoke-filled room and sit down. It would be foolish to do that. Why? Because they're trying to quit smoking and, and that, that's just going to feed their craving. It's kind of like this either. Uh, a person that's on a diet and you take him to a 75-foot buffet bar. That's not wise. I've been there. You don't take, you don't take someone that's going on a diet to a, to a buffet because they're going to feel like they're not getting their money's worth. You know, we all know it. Too often, we want to attempt to defeat sin on our own. And we think that we can outsmart the devil. That's foolish, folks. You nor I were no match for the devil. Now, I can say this. With the Lord's help, we're able to do it. See, he's much smarter and more powerful than you and I. But then I want you to notice, leave this scene, but also be spiritually prepared to face temptation. Be prepared. Listen to this verse, James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. The resisting of the devil and the fleeing will happen, won't happen until you submit to God completely. Romans 13, 14 says this, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make, no, make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. 2 Peter 2.9, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Just before that moment of yielding to temptation, God will give you a way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10.13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Be true to what Christ has entrusted you. His name, His honor, His possessions. You belong to Him. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify, your, uh, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit which are God's. We belong to Him. Then I want you to notice number three, temptation is consented. Consented. I guess I have asked myself this question thousands of times. Why does God allow temptation into our lives? Why doesn't God just make us do right? Well, I, I thought of some things here. and Number one, because it's, it helps us to live on high alert. On high alert. What do you mean? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You know, God says to be sober, be vigilant. Listen to me. The devil's after you. And temptation's coming to make you to be 
sober, to be vigilant, to be aware, to be on high alert. But also, when temptation comes, so we would be dependent on prayer. Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but everything through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. So living on high alert, depending on prayer, but also living in the word of God. We need these things. We need to be aware that the Satan's out there to devour us. We need to be in our, have a prayer life with the Lord. We need to be in the word of God. The Bible says this, but he answered and said, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We need the word of God, folks. But then we need fellowship with Christ. Bible says if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not the truth but if we walk in the light as he's in light we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12 it says beloved think it not strange concerning fiery trials which is to try you as some strange thing has happened to you. Fiery trials those temptations those things purge us. They, they will cleanse us. If we, will, if we do not uh, succumb to those temptations, they will build us and help us. Temptation should strengthen us. It should draw us closer to the Lord. It should cleanse us. It should empty us of self. The Bible says this in, in James 1.12, Blessed is a man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So here's the million dollar question tonight. What happens if I fall to temptation? What happens if I fall to temptation? The last thing, temptations and consequences. Temptation and consequences. Let's think of Adam and Eve. What happened to them? God told them in Genesis 2.17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. The Bible says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. For the wages of sin is death. Consequences of falling into temptation. Adam and Eve, death. You and I, we're going to die because we're of our sin. We're sinners. Consequences of Adam falling into temptation is death. What about David? David was on the, on the rooftop looking over the, his neighbor's house. And he had, he, if he would have been uh, uh, with his army and, or in his prayer chamber, he would have been, he would not have seen Bathsheba. Thus, he would not have been tempted and committed adultery. But because of David's sin, what happened? The baby died. Uriah died. His family was a mess. You trace it back. His family was a mess. All because of temptation. What about Moses in the rock? When he smote the rock and when God told him to speak to the rock the second time. Moses was angry and he vented his, was venting his frustrations. He was not thinking properly. He knew that God said speak to the rock rather than strike it. And because of Moses' sin, what happened? What, what happened? He wasn't able to go into the promised land. There's consequences for our sin. There's consequences. We sin, there's consequences. But the Bible says... Then when lust hath conceived, 
It bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. There's always consequences to our sins. But the wonderful thing there is, is there's also coverings. There's coverings or forgiveness of sin. I'm thankful tonight if you, felt, if you have fallen into temptation. The Bible says that he, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That did not take away the consequences. But what it did, it gave us forgiveness. Because you've sinned, folks, because we've fallen into temptation, you've done it, I've done it, there's consequences to pay. There's consequences, but if, we're, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me put it in a way that the best way I can explain it. My daughters, they do wrong. There's punishment. They may come to me and say, Dad, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have. And I say, well, you're forgiven, but you're still grounded. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's exactly what God does to us. You're forgiven, but you still have to pay for that trial, for that temptation that you succumb to. Folks, temptation comes to all of us. Character is doing right when no one else is looking. You know, I, I guess I was challenged by this because temptation comes to me. Sometimes I wanted, there's, there's a, I mean, there's a, a whole fruit basket for me to pick out of as well. And I'm just reminding myself that true character is doing right when no one else is looking. And I want to challenge you, challenge you to be men and women of character. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this time that you've spoke to my heart about this, this thought of temptation. Lord, we all.